Good morning. Um, I'm one of the pastors here. My name is Pastor Lance. Uh, I'm here speaking because Pastor Jonathan is taking Alexis uh, to college. And in our staff meeting, uh, Pastor Jonathan said, oh, I'm taking Alexis. Uh, maybe you should preach. And I was like, uh, I don't think so. Then all of a sudden, the whole staff started ganging up on me, saying, you got to do it. <laughs> Even Pastor Eddie and Leilani, which usually supports me, but... <laughs> Where is Sharita when I need her? Anyway. <laughs> anyway, Pastor Jonathan kind of pretty much laid out the outline for the message. And so uh, we'll be kind of working together on this. But this morning, I just want to acknowledge uh, Pastor Benny from International Christian Fellowship. As you know, their church burned down in Lahaina. And they're going to be using our facility today from 1 to 2.30 and I think another night. Is that correct? Where's Pastor Benny? Can you stand? Where's Pastor Benny? Is he here? Oh, he's outside. Okay. <laughs> and he's, okay. So if he's outside, just greet him. Um, so because of what happened, Pastor Jonathan opened up our church to help support them on the way. So amen. Last week, Pastor Jonathan shared on having eternal perspective in the midst of a challenge challenges in life. And when you think about it, what is the purpose of suffering? And we can use a scripture, James chapter 1, we'll read it all together. It says, consider pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come in the midst of us this morning, that you would come and touch each heart and each life, that people would sense your presence, and as the word of God goes forth, that you would touch each one, that faith would rise up. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're here because fire affected your life or family, our hearts really and our prayers go out to you. I know it's been, I've been hearing so much heartbreaking stories of story after story of what happened to people. But I pray that the Spirit of God would comfort your hearts during this time. Also, if you have been coming here in the past weeks or it's your first time, you're not here by accident. I believe God brought you here to experience his love and to meet his loving spiritual family. You know, there's no place like the house of God in a time like this. And you as your has given into this disaster what happened, and we're giving with the money and all, and people are so appreciative of what happened to their life. Um, is that Pastor Benny? No. Is that, can you raise your hand here? I wanna just pray for them and the congregation that's here. Uh, if you could all stretch out your hand to him and his wife and already shared about what happened to your church and we're going to pray. Let's just pray to believe God for their life. I just wanted to share, the, um, you know the scripture, uh, Jeremiah 29, 11? Well, it was on my heart for you. And in that scripture, it says that God declares it. And I believe that God is declaring the scripture over your life and your people. So it says, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope 
and a future. So, Father, we just lift up Pastor Benny, his wife, and the congregation of International Christian Fellowship. Lord, we just believe you, God, that you're going to walk them through this time of that every step of the way, you're going to show yourself. And you put a hedge of protection upon their people at this moment. So use them in a mighty way in the days to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Our hearts go out to you. i like to read, first of all, we, when we gave, people emailed us back. And one of them was my wife that she gave it to a coworker. And the coworker started saying that this morning I started my day. I was blessed by you. I received a call from my coworker, Tideen, to meet her outside my office. She handed me an envelope and mentioned that her church wanted to bless families that had lost their homes to the fire. I thanked her, and we talked for a bit, and we departed to get back to work. It wasn't until I called my daughter to let her know that we had received a blessing that I realized the blessing was a great amount of money in the form of a check. I instantly started to cry and expressed to my daughter how fortunate we are to live among beautiful people. We would like to thank you, along with the Grace Bible Ohana, for thinking of us in a time of need. The monies will be used to help our living expenses as more than half of our household is out of work. Again, want to thank you so much and continue, we continue to pray for our community. You know, this morning, I'll be sharing a topic that nobody wants to experience. I don't know about you, but I've lived long enough to understand life will bring difficult challenges and that suffering is part of life. Suffering has no boundaries and affects people more than other people in greater ways. But one day I know that when we leave this earthly life, all our scars of suffering will be no more, and there will be unspeakable joy. Psalms 56, 8, it says this, You track all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. Our tears are recorded in heaven. But one day, the scripture also says in Revelations 21, 4, He will wipe away, in other words, God himself will wipe away every tear from our eyes. There will be no more death no mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed. I've come to understand that suffering has two sides. On one side, there's man's heart filled with pain, a sense of hopelessness, loss, and trauma. But yet on the other side, there's God's heart, one of hope, restoration, new life, and healing. You know, suffering purpose goes beyond our human understanding. But what does the Bible say about suffering? Suffering says a couple things. First, suffering reveals, reveals what's inside of us or our inner character. First Peter 4, 12 to 13 says, Dear friend, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange ha were happening to you. But rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his, glory is when his glory is revealed. Proverbs 27, 1. As the finding pot for silver and the furnace for gold, so is a man to his praise. When circumstances come to test us, it will reveal a couple things. It will reveal the junk in our lives to the surface. You know, when they make silver and gold, 
how is gold and silver purified? They heat it up, and all of a sudden, all the crud or the junk comes up, and they take it off. That's the way they make pure gold and silver. Someone once said that if you want to be purified or sanctified, get married. <laughs> because when I got married, <laughs> I didn't know I was very impatient. <laughs> she always scolds me about that. And I didn't know I had an anger problem. So <laughs> you want junk in your life to surface, get married, okay? <laughs> Uh, she always, yeah, anyway. <laughs> Other thing, too, is that it reveals what our foundation is built on. When things are shaken, what is inside of us will be revealed. So, is our foundation built on eternal or temporal values? It will also help us reprioritize our lives to live for the things that really matter and are internal. You know Peter, the disciple Peter who followed Jesus for three and a half years? Remember he said, I'm going to follow you to the end, to death. And what happened? You know the story, right? He forsake Jesus when Jesus was being arrested. Then on top of that, three times he denied the Lord when people confronted him. He must have felt so bad and condemned too. But yet God never gave up on him when all the things came out of his life. Whereas when you find Jesus, when he went to the, the cross, he went through suffering on the cross, pain like never before, hanging six hours on the cross. What came out of him? Forgiveness. He poured forgiveness out of his heart to the world and to the, to the thief. He told John to take care of his mother, and he declared his trust in the Father by giving him his spirit when his body was destroyed. All that, when in pain and suffering, love came up. As Pastor Eddie shared about what was happening in people's hearts in this time, but you, there's so much negative that came out during this time about looting and all of this. But at the same time, God's love came forth. And God's love came forth to your lives with prayer, serving, giving, and reaching out to the brokenhearted. This moment is what God's church is all about. I'm going to share another uh, email that we got. And it says, Aloha, Pastor Asado. Grace Bible Church Maui's kind gesture is more than anyone could ask for. Our household includes five adults and one soon to be a teenager. We are the third, fourth, and fifth generation raised in Lahaina under the last names. I'm not going to give the name, but, and I'm just going to take inserts of the email. Growing up in a small plantation town where everyone actually knows na your name, we embrace the fond memories shared by our parents and through our own experience. Then the email goes on. It is with solace to our nephew, cousin, uncle, Michael Suglo Philistina. I didn't know you had that middle name or that nickname. Concerned love to reach out, making sure we're all safe. We give him our all, his ohana, all our love and aloha. 
his thoughtfulness to speak on behalf of us has made a deep connection between our Ohana Grace Bible Church, which we are forever grateful. Your generous donation will help our two family members' special diet. Our daughter, Cassidy, is highly contagious to meat products and can only eat poultry and fish. My sister, Maka, is diabetic and has a special diet. And then the email goes on. We always look towards a better tomorrow. In the midst of all of this, this family was grateful in the midst of what of pain and suffering. You know, I hear stories. Another pastor that went to uh, from Honolulu that connected and his wife and team went uh, to uh, Citizen Church and connected with Pastor Asado. And he came here and he began to share with us as he was helping with Citizen Church, giving out the food and items. He said there was one lady who had lost everything. And as she began to receive everything, she began to share how thankful she was in spite of what happened because she was receiving so much love from the community. As he was sharing the story, he started to cry because of the lady's heart. And in spite of losing everything, she still had a thankful heart. Question is, how do we respond to suffering? My prayer, God, when, when hardship and situations reveal my heart in a negative and ungodly way, give me grace to change my heart and let me hold on to the promises of heaven that I can honor you and be grateful. What else does suffering do? Well, it refines us. It refines our character. Romans 5, 3, and 4, it says, Not only so, but we also glory in our suffering, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. 1 Peter 1, 6-7 in all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. The place of suffering is not to destroy you, but to form you to be like Christ. Suffering not only reveals character, but it helps us to strengthen our character. Have you ever thought about how strength is developed? Strength is never developed in a passive way. In the physical, like lifting weights, strength is developed by resistance. Resistance causes mechanical damage and metabolic fatigue that produces stronger muscle. In other words, without resistance, will never develop strength. An athlete, when you look at an athlete that goes to training, it's not easy, it's painful. And that produces the ability to persevere. Strength allows our character to develop the infrastructure of our lives. So having strong character will allow us to have hope because our future is defined by what is inside and not of what we possess outside. Knowing this, our possessions are a product of our time, talent, and skills, not vice versa. When we understand that we create wealth instead of wealth creating us, it will give us hope in, in the future. When I was in judo, one of my instructors, I swear, I thought his primary goal 
was to make us feel pain. I'm not kidding. In our warm-ups, he made us do 200 to 300 push-ups in a way like this, this type of push-up. And then on top of that, he used to jump on you, sit on you, and have you do push-ups. Good thing he was light. He was, well, he was 135 pounds. If he was 200, there was no way, okay? <laughs> he made us do sit-ups, and this was just before practice. <laughs> and on top of that, at the end of practice, he would make us do 200 more push-ups. And, I, you know, looking back, I don't know how he did it. I was younger, but looking back, he made us ready or prepared for competition in the days ahead. You know, top athletes today are surrounded by a team, consisting, if you look at it, a coach, a strength trainer, a sports psychologist, and a nutri nutritional person. These people, all those people, help the athlete develop their lives in all aspects to compete at the highest level. Now, if that is true, how important is it to have people in your corner? Well, the good news is our church has a group of people called small groups, consists of non-judgmental, encouraging, loving, graceful, compassionate people who wants to walk alongside of you in life. My wife uses this acronym for small groups. Uh, she remembered at a conference we went to, which is S-E-C, which means strength, encouragement, and comfort. Strength, encouragement, and comfort. That's what the group is about, to walk you through life. So if you're not involved in the group, I would highly recommend you connect with somebody, a staff member, or even a member of the church to where you can join. Amen. Okay. <laughs> the third thing is this. Suffering renews us. In other words, what, what, what does it do? It tells us that even though we go through suffering, there is hope through all of the suffering with a new life. John 12, 24. This is verily, verily, I say unto you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single tree. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. When there is a moment in life when life caves in on you and it seems hopeless, there is hope in your future because God sees a promising future for you. You know, it's so interesting. Pastor John shared me this article in the National Forestry Foundation called How Trees Survive and Thrive After a Fire. It described there's a shrub from a buckhorn family that actually have seeds that need fire directly or indirectly to germinate and give new life. These plants produce seeds with a tough coating that can lay dormant, awaiting a fire, exposed to chemicals from the smoke or exposure to nutrients in the ground after the fire. These seeds depend on fire to break dormancy. The result is a new life, a new beginning, a forest is created allowing generations to continue. A new legacy is being created. In our lives it's the same way. If we receive Christ in us, 
There's a glory that remains inside of us that is only released through the heat of trials and suffering. If we let it go in what is lost in the past, we can reach for it in what is new in the future for what God is for us. A new legacy in our life, a new beginning can be created. There's a lady named Brain Brown who did a study on happiness. And the most happy people are the ones who went through deep suffering and allowed themselves to be vulnerable to feel and experience the pain. The ability to feel joy is the same ability. She found out the same ability to feel joy is the same ability to feel pain. But yet when people numb themselves from feeling pain, they also numb themselves from feeling joy. Pain is a temporary feeling, but it increases the capacity to feel joy and happiness if we embrace it. Romans 6, 4 says, If we therefore buried in him through baptism unto death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead to the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. In water baptism... If you've never been water baptized or feel like you need to be rebaptized, we're having a water baptism. And in water baptism, we identify with Christ's death, burial, and resurrection of new life. God wants to give us new life in our walk with Him. The last point, and then we're going to use it as a communion point. Um, in communion, we reflect and celebrate Jesus. And this morning, as I thought about it, um, what was on my mind, I had Jesus on the cross suffering. In the most excruciating moment of his cross, on the cross, he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? At that moment, the sins of the world, our sin was placed on him, and the Father looked the other way for that moment because Jesus took the sins upon himself. And because of that, there was an exchange that happened. And in Hebrews 13, 5 says this, himself, God himself said, I will never leave you nor forsake you because of Jesus. Psalms 23, as we all know this, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will feel no evil for you are with me, your rod and your staff to comfort me. I remember when uh, years ago when in my 50s, I had a bucket list and I wanted to do the marathon so I know it takes one year they say to train so I decided to train for it been in the gym went to school did all my running everything and uh, Ron Cheddar was encouraging me along the way because he ran a lot of marathons but so on the day of the marathon we got together and then uh, Ron told me to meet him at a certain place and I think Sabi was there too but Sabi ran his first marathon at 70 something amazing <laughs> Anyway, the race started, and people, um, you know, they tell you about the marathon, this and that. So I started running. I thought I was in pretty good shape. But as I started to run, all of a sudden, my back started to get sore and sore. And it was so painful. And it started going down my leg. And I was in a couple of first aid tents getting sprayed with all these things. And I remember being so painful, so discouraged. I sat down on the curbing on the street and I was looking at everybody passing me by. I seen the young people going by. <laughs> then I see the old people <laughs> going by. Well, older than me, put it that way, okay. <laughs> they were going by. I was so discouraged and in pain. 
And I told myself this, I don't think I'm going to make it. I don't think I'm going to make it because it was so unbearable. But I got up anyway and I started to walk. And it was like, I had like, I think it was like eight miles more. And people talk about the wall in running the marathon. I thought, ah, I can overcome this. I mean, you know, but what helped was because of my back and it was so sore. And I was going along, discouraged and pain. And all of a sudden, Ron and Chitta comes alongside of me. And I thought, Ron, because at the beginning of the race, we were together, then he took off. It was almost like God took Ron, put him in the back of me, <laughs> and made him come up and catch me up. And I told Ron, I'm so sore on my back, I can't take it. And then Ron, who's an experienced marathoner, he had his pouch, and he reads in his pouch, takes it out, and he, um, he gives me these pills. It wasn't illegal drugs. It was, it was Advil <laughs> or something like that. So I took it. And then it felt better, and then Ron went and run, started running, running, going, going. And then I, and I was going, and I was thinking through everything, and I was going through this, and I, all in pain. And I was thinking, a lot of, I hear a lot of people, hundreds of people, you know, how did I meet Ron? 20-something thousand people running a marathon, and God brought him to me. And then I was... And as he went and I was trying to make it through, I was thinking all the negative things like I hear hundreds of people don't make it. Either they get injured or they quit. And in my heart, I wanted to finish at a certain time. And there I was just walking and going and I was just thinking about everything. And I wanted to finish at a certain, below a certain time too. And so it was just, everything was going through my mind. And all of a sudden, I heard God's voice. In the midst of all the pain and discouragement, I heard God. And he said, it's time to go. And just like I had a little push, and faith was ignited in me, and I started, and then I started to go, and I, and I recalled how I trained at the beginning. And it was, I used to train on Maui Lani Parkway, one light pole, I used to run because that's all I could do. <laughs> and then I would walk and I would run. And so that's what I did. There were light poles all along the way. And I started to do that one at a time. One at a time. And sure enough, there was the finish line. And I finished and I raised my hand up. <laughs> but in the midst of everything, God never left me in that moment of pain where I wanted to give up. And so today, as we partake of communion, it was just a reminder of God's great love for us and that he will never leave you nor forsake you in what you're going through in life because he loves you. So Father, as we're going to partake of the blood and of your body this day, I pray for each one here, Lord, that they would know your great love for them and that you love them with a love that never gives up on them no matter where they are in life. I pray, Lord, that you would come and touch each heart, each faith here that has been wavering in their life. Lord, that it seems like they can't go on, but God, you're going to help them through each day along the way. So this morning as we partake, Lord, we just thank you. 
We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's uh, partake. Before I close this morning and we're going to have a worship, if you never received Christ in your life, I would like to give you an open invitation to know that there is an assurance when you receive Christ, your sins are forgiven, and that your book is written in the book of life in heaven. So if everybody could say this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I need you in my life. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die for all my sins. So I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I now open up my heart and ask Jesus to come into my heart and my life to be Lord and Savior. Thank you for eternal life as I put my faith and trust in Jesus. Give me your grace so I can walk with you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. I leave with Isaiah 61.3. It says, to appoint them that mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, they, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Amen. God bless you. Amen.